welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Welcome back to another episode of 81 Points. This is a special Friday night That's right. edition. We're sacrificing going out to the club right now to bring <laughs> right, this exactly, hard-hitting yeah. podcast episode to everybody. <laughs> no, I haven't been... Uh, it's been a very long time. No, but you know what? It's Friday, and there's still always good things to talk about. Well, I don't know if it's good things, but there's still always something to talk about with the Lakers, right? Always. Always. Especially this version of the Lakers. There's always shit to talk about no matter what. No matter what time of the year it is. Yep. You know, sometimes may seem a little slower than other times, yep. but um I don't know. We we like to talk. We like to talk to you guys. <laughs> spit some knowledge for you. Maybe, you know, share a few laughs with the people listening right now. Um so here yep. we are. Actually, before I, before uh, we talk about anything basketball related, I did want to um, talk about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, okay. Did you see that movie? No, yet? I didn't see that movie yet. Okay. Um, I mean, I love. Well, I mean, you already know we. I love Tarantino. Yeah, we're so. we're both of us. We're both um, big Tarantino fans. Um, has yeah, there? I had a conversation with a friend actually. Yeah. About, but like, what do you think is the best Tarantino film? In your opinion, like, what's your favorite? I, I, think all... I still think that uh, Pulp Fiction is the best. Yeah. For me, my favorite, I think, is Inglorious Bastards. Really? More than Pulp Fiction? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Inglorious Bastards is probably, is probably one of my favorite movies I've ever, like, ever. Not just Tarantino. Yeah. I mean, that's, that would definitely be my second favorite. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Pulp Fiction, it basically was one of the most groundbreaking movies to come out. Yeah, it was a the past was a pioneer thirty of, years yeah, or it was so ahead of its time. Yeah, uh, but I did go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, this past weekend, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was an awesome movie. Of course, you have like you can't go wrong with Tarantino and DiCaprio in a movie. Right. I thought Brad Pitt was really good. I don't know how um, knowledgeable you are with like the whole history behind like Charles Manson and what he did in Hollywood. It's basically like a movie yeah. around that right, a little right, bit. Right, yeah. Um there was I, I wish you had seen the movie because I wanted to talk to you about um a specific scene in that movie. Okay. Uh no it, spoilers, man. I can't. I can't. Do you know anything about the movie like besides the general no. premise of it? No, yeah, I don't. Okay, know. there there's a scene in the movie. I don't think I'm going to spoil anything for you okay. by bringing this up. There's a scene in the movie uh where uh bruce lee shows up yeah and um it's a it's a hilarious scene in my opinion Mm -hmm. but it's it's caught in some flack i think right because um people are upset about how asians are portrayed yeah how bruce lee was portrayed okay more specifically bruce lee because i think um his daughter shannon lee was very um critical of how her dad was portrayed uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh i think one of the guys that bruce lee trained had has also come out and um spoke out against that scene a lot of okay and i've seen like in the comments 
and looking on the internet that a lot of Asian people have a gripe with how he was portrayed too. Mm-hmm. Um, I bring this all up just to say that, you know, I thought it was a great scene. Okay. I thought it was really funny, really... You, you can't take... Uh, I don't think Quentin Tarantino's out there to, like, make any um, social statements, you know? Yeah. He's basically there to entertain, you know? And uh, I personally didn't have a problem with it at all. I thought it was a great scene. I actually thought it was a tribute to Bruce Lee. You know, mm-hmm. he, he actually paid homage to, to who Bruce Lee was through, through the scene. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a little bit of, like... Asian American culture okay. in the news right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm now looking forward to watching even more. So yeah, you should definitely check it out. I recommend anyone watching that movie. It's a great movie. Um, I would I would say you should probably read up a little bit about what went down with Charles Manson. Sharon, it, ma- it makes a lot more sense. Like, cause I went in there. Oh, you didn't know? Not really knowing the full history, so it was, like, a little bit confusing to me while I was watching, but, um, you know, after I watched the movie, I, I went home and, like, uh, read up on what actually this happened. Is his, this is a seven, his seventh film, right? I think it's his ninth movie. Oh, I thought he was done after eight. Well, let's see. He did uh, Reservoir Dogs. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Uh... Kill Bill 1 and 2, Inglorious Bastards, Django, Hateful Eight. Eight. Yeah, this is a nice movie. Oh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, great movie. I would... I It's it's not... For me, it's not like the best Tarantino film, but it's not the worst by any means. Well, all his movies are usually still critically acclaimed yeah. for the most part. Yeah, and I think this, this will also um, be one of those movies. Uh, but this it's kind of interesting that this movie came out um, and brought up these Asian American issues because something else came up recently that brought up right. that's Asian American related Okay. Uh, did you see the whole clip of Jeremy Lin and his tearful yeah. statement about yeah I did but his position in yeah, the NBA but I feel like um I thought the reaction has been mostly positive, has it not? What's the general... I feel like... Uh, well, obviously, like, when you're on the internet, when you're on social media, people are going to hate no matter Regardless, what. I mean, that's how the trolls first came about. Yeah. Their trolls have always existed, but the trolls got their platform just on a grander scale because of the internet yeah i mean we've i think we've we've uh uh you know um beat that like dead horse yeah but uh basically jeremy lynn was asked about his free agency status yeah and he was very honest very uh upfront with his emotions yeah gave a very heartfelt tearful response about how he got choked up yeah he got very choked up and he was i think um he made a couple of statements that uh the trolls grabbed and kind of ripped apart and what specifically did the trolls latch on to so one thing was he said something along the lines of i thought i had hit rock bottom but rock bottom keeps uh 
Coming. getting lower and lower oh, for really? me. Okay. And I think he was making reference to like how he was, you know, cut uh-huh. early on in his career. Right. And mo- and even recently he had a serious knee injury, so he had to battle back from that too. Right. So I think he was referring to that. But of course, when you say words like rock bottom, people are going to be like, but you've made millions of dollars. Right, like, right. well, what do you like? Tell that to someone who's starving, or tell yeah. that to someone who's homeless. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you just want a ring. Just shut up and like, right. you know, Enjoy. be happy with yeah. what what you've had. You know. Yeah. Um, and to that, I say, like everyone has dreams. You know, but everyone has goals and ambitions, and it's like, regardless of what type of uh, economic status. <clears throat> someone has I think it's still I think it's still okay for even like a rich person like Jeremy Lin to like be in a position where he's feeling like down in the dumps you know well I think what's um and you know that whole argument that the you know that the trolls are are alluding to for me is I fucking hate that kind of like argument i'll I'll give you an example what that is like it's kind of like when like people say um you know when people say oh why are you not finishing what you're eating and then they'll say there are people there are kids starving in africa yeah like it's like it's such a stupid blanket statement because it's like if you're gonna go that route you really can't complain about anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not even necessarily complaining. It's just kind of like you really can't, like, being, you know, having emotion and not being happy or having, like, a, you know, feeling depressed or having certain thoughts that may not be positive is just a way of life. It just happens, you know? You can't go yeah. your whole life being always happy, you know? Obviously, you want to have a positive outfit, uh, uh, mindset, but then sometimes you're just you know, circumstances will prevent you from from experiencing that, right? So when people go to that whole argument of like, oh, you know, there are kids starving in Africa or there are people that are like homeless living in the streets. It's like, that that doesn't, that's not what we're talking about here, you know? And I, you know, you kind of alluded it too. It's like happiness and joy and fulfillment, it does not equate like, to having a lot of money yeah like you know like mental health issues are not exclusive to poor people right now don't get me wrong like you know you will you know i think if you don't have if you don't have the necessarily um funds and the 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 money to deal with certain issues and and like deal with mental issues that that type of thing like these kind of like issues and and problems of course they will come up more often than not in poorer like areas you know that's 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 a given but that's not what we're talking about right now you know we're not talking about social like economic like situations we're talking about just one-to-one like person-to-person like fulfillment and personal like what you go through it in your life you know yeah, he's, he's, I mean, based on that video clip, he strikes me as a guy that is going through some issues, so, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, he might, he might be feeling, like, 
to a degree, like certain bouts of depression or like anxiety over his situation. And it's like, yeah, you can't compare his situation to anybody else's. It's like his own thing. And another, another element to it is that I got to believe factors into it, into this whole situation is that Jeremy Lin is still the only Asian American NBA basketball player. And I'm ever, sure right? he feels, yeah, ever. And yeah. I'm sure he feels a little bit of weight being the only guy, too, right. you know? And I'll t- I guarantee you, even beyond that, too, like, I guarantee you, just as an Asian, as an Asian American, and being son of uh, Asian immigrants, he certainly feels pressure, you know what I mean? He feels that sort of that. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Yeah. It's a given. Yeah. He also said that he feels like the NBA has kind of given up mm-hmm. on him. Mm-hmm. Which got me thinking to, like, what is his status? Do you think he's done as an NBA player? Well, <clears throat> I know that his defense is bad. I don't think his right. defense Let's just ever... talk about him as, a, as an NBA player. Right. I don't think his defense has ever been, like, particularly great or all defense but i think it's you know it's probably at a point now where i don't know maybe you could say he might even be a liability on defense i'm not sure right but offensively he's definitely still got he's got some left in the tank that's for sure he he's it was not too long ago that he was averaging like 13 14 yeah no he's definitely got i think what the big the biggest problem for him was that he just didn't he didn't really show up in the finals. You know what I mean? Well, he was not... Okay, so that Raptors team, let's let's yeah. look at their personnel, okay? They yeah. had, what, Kyle Lowry and Danny Green were their starting backcourt, right? right? He, and then they also had Fred Van Fleet, who certainly blew up in these yeah. finals, and Norman Powell. He was not going to play ahead of those two bench players. Well... I don't think he did himself favors, to be honest. Like, when I was watching the series, I was... Like, for example... I don't even remember him on the court. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, for example, Fred Van Fleet. Like, the reason why I I feel like we... I can't make... Like... Jeremy Lin had his chances. Because, like, for example, like... Fred Van Fleet had had a chance to basically make an impact, a positive impact... Um you know, do something with the few minutes that he, he could get in the beginning. And he did. And he ended up actually like, I don't know. I don't know what the huge, like the, the minute breakdown is, but I certainly trusted, trusted him more than uh, Kyle Lowry. I felt like he should have gotten the bulk of the minutes, and he did. Um, I would have even started Fred Van Fleet. But that's, that's because he took his opportunity and he made, took full advantage of it, you know? And you contrast that with Jeremy Lin, I feel like the minutes that he got, the limited time that he got, he did not take full advantage of that. Well, or he didn't. Where, where, I'm saying, where were the minutes? I didn't even see him. I didn't even see him on the court, though. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like a lot of it was out of his hands. Maybe. Yeah. You know? Maybe. Especially in the finals. Yeah. I'd be uh, curious to, because I I don't know his. His stat line for the finals. I'd be curious to see what it is, but I, you know, one thing is for sure is he didn't impart a positive like impression on the finals. You know, had he had shown up and done 
something where it was very memorable or you know in the stats he 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 did something you know showed out with his stat line i think it'd be a very different different market for him which in in itself is kind of unfair you know what i mean yeah so do you think it, what does your gut tell you? Do you think he is going to be on an NBA team ever again? Or I don't have know. we seen the last? I hope uh, not. Insanity. I hope not. I I thought I thought Jeremy Lin was the kind of player that we would see be playing till he was like thirty five. To be honest, I'm a little shocked that he hasn't garnered any any interest. Yeah. Because because here's the thing: like beyond what uh what his offense is, it's like. Why does why do I guess what I'm trying to say is that D, there's no defense in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? It's very hard to um, stand out for your defense nowadays. Yeah, like it's just defense is so non-existent in the NBA. So for me, like it's like how is he? Why is he the only one getting penalized for his lack of defense? You know what I mean? Like there's so many players that are so bad on defense. Nobody is all. If you are phenomenal on defense you're gonna have a job in the nba in today's game that that much is a fact yeah. but how many of those are there right now you know if you're a two-way player if you're 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 pretty much a borderline star or superstar you know um so the fact that jeremy lynn and his offense is still very good the fact that his offense is is still there to me it's a little disappointing to see that he doesn't have a job in the nba you know mm. Would you go as far as to say that he is blackballed? <laughs> um, I will stand. I will always stand by the fact that I think that Jeremy Lin has has always gotten the short end of the stick in the NBA. I, I I will I will die on that hill. Yeah. Um, because you know the NBA is the kind of league where I feel like just in general, even in sports, though professional sports that is you have to have a certain bravado you have to have this this sort of just you know these are athletes that were always the best player on their team growing up from peewee to little league to i'm talking about baseball but you know in whatever in basketball too when you're growing up as a kid going up in these you know junior leagues like you were always the best player on your team so you're gonna have that swag. You're gonna have that sort of like I'm the best. I'm the best player, and nobody can step up to me, right? And you, I feel like you sort of need that sort of uh, bravado all the way to this professional end of like yeah. sport and the NBA, and particularly the NBA because I feel like that plays a part in how you are viewed, how you perform, even. But how, especially how you how you are viewed in that on that level, especially amongst your peers. I mean, you're you're bringing up something I feel like is much bigger than just basketball. Oh, it's much bigger than no, just without sports a doubt. Because without a doubt, you're you're characterizing like Asian Americans in this country in general right now with like you know. The stereotype, and there's a lot of truth to it, is that Asian Americans are just simply ones that are not going to speak up for themselves, right? That rather get by based on the merit of their work rather than self-promotion. But as we yep. know in this world, like you have to market yourself 
like in any industry or any profession that you're in, right? So this, it's yeah. kind of interesting that you bring that up because I feel like what, how Jeremy Lin is, it's a lot in a lot of ways like a mirror into like all of Asian American culture, for sure. Like it in is this country, absolutely right? for sure, yeah. So yeah, let- and, and you know if you you know if you're listening and you're wondering, oh, is that is that true or you know are these guys just kind of looking through it from a, like an Asian lens? No, like go on YouTube and look up Jeremy Lin and look up Fowls. Yeah, I think we've brought that up before. Yeah, how he's gotten some yeah look that on him. yeah look that up and you know you'll it, that's just sort of a glimpse of what he's had to deal with. Now, having said all that though, I will say this though i I don't blame you know I I'm, I'm saying that there is something there, but. I'm saying that res- I, I will also say that the this responsibility lies in Jeremy Lin, you know, because it's uh, it's on it's 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 up to him to be speaking out, you know, it's up to him to I think change the narrative. It's up to him to be the one to be like, yeah, if he's getting fouled hard or if he's whatever, then I think he needs to be speaking out about stuff like that. You know, but he doesn't do that. That's his nature. And that's the Asian culture, you know, to kind of put your head down. You know, you get fouled hard. You kind of like, hey, it's all good. Actually, you know what's crazy about Jeremy Lin is that it's not, I will say, it's not just the Asian, uh, like, um, stigma, right? That Asian, like, cultural aspect of it that, that impacts Jeremy Lin's, like, play on the court. It's also the fact that he's a hardcore Christian. Like yeah. it's a double it's 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 a it's a double whammy for this guy, you know what I mean? Because not only is he Asian and he has that cultural aspect to him, it's he's Christian, which is this whole like turn the other cheek, be humble, be you know, be this and that, where like whereas in the NBA, to be honest, you gotta be kind of like this is my shit, I'm the man, like I got it. You know, like even if let's say you're not, you you have to have that mentality in order to thrive in this league. In we're, my we're waiting for um, Asian Rashid Wallace to come into oh, the lines, yeah. basically. Oh, for sure. I think that would I think that could be a game changer. That will go a long way. That will go a way. long way. To that see will that. go a long way. But you know what? I don't I don't uh, yeah, he's he's uh He's a pioneer. You know, Jeremy Lin's a pioneer. He and his character, he's, you know, not gonna be outspoken and he is a hardcore Christian, so he is like turn the other cheek and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ask him to be anything that he's not i think he's being himself so like that's that's who he is and you, you accept that i think i it, from everything that i've seen he's like the ideal teammate right like i don't think yeah. anyone sit, ever said anything bad about him as a teammate um uh, so i don't think he would be blackballed from the league in that sense so do you think he's blackballed i don't know I yeah. If you if you think he really can't play anymore, then fine. That's that's fair. But uh, it's interesting. I don't though, know that like all thirty teams couldn't use him. But I think I just think it's interesting that he he believes that. You know what I mean? Don't you think that's interesting that he believes that that everyone's given up on him? Well, the, didn't he? Did he not use the term blackball though? Right? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, he said he he said uh, in a lot of ways it looks like the NBA has given up on me. 
So I don't know. I mean, you can kind of. That's I don't a, think that's you, quite like black right, saying that's that he's true. Blackballed. But that is an interesting thing to say, though. You know what I mean? It versus like saying, "I'm trying to like I'm trying to get on a team," right? Yeah. Like for him to say that the he feels like the NBA is giving up on him is like sort of a peculiar way to put it, right? It's basically he's saying, "I I've got some left in the tank, and I just kind of you know." But I'm not being I'm not being given a chance. Yeah. So uh, this, I find that interesting. Right. It's very interesting. Um and this parallels another player very closely, a former teammate of Jeremy Lin's. Okay. Who's making a lot of news uh as of late. Um, one Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Who in a lot of ways, feels very similar to Jeremy Lin right now, I mm-hmm. guess. Like, in terms of, like, he finds it... Let's just say he finds it a little peculiar that nobody's has picked him up yet. You know? <laughs> uh, he, he, went on, um, he went on first take today okay. and had, like, an hour-long sit-down with Stephen A. Smith. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever remembered Carmelo talking that much with anybody. That, so that was... I, like, briefly caught some of it. Yeah. And that he actually brought that up. He's like, I'm not the type to ever speak speak up on anything. That's so interesting. You know? yeah. Like he, and and I believe him in that sense. Like he did, he yeah, doesn't I've ever never, speak up for right. himself. Like right. he never uh, publicly complains about anything. He you know all of this when he got cut from the Rockets, there was no peep out of him. No one had heard. Yeah, his there side wasn't of the a story. reaction about. There was no reaction. And I think, um, like, like for example, let's say if like a major player in the news, fill in the blank, whoever it may be, Chris Paul, LeBron James, whatever, if you would fill that player in, and the same thing happened to that player, you would see a long Instagram post about how he, uh, you know, it would be like, oh man, you know, I've been underestimating my whole career, my whole life. Um, you know, I beat all the odds. I'm gonna come back strong, and you know, you know what I mean. It would be some motivational, yeah, yeah. like, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna overcome this situation. Like, there would be a, a post about that. I mean, other than like a guy like Kawhi Leonard, but that's what you'll you'll find. We didn't see that with Carmelo, right? I think a lot of I think some of that probably has to do with how people are speaking up for him on his behalf too. Interesting. Okay. We have his shooting coach, uh, that guy. Uh, Brickley, Chris Brickley, yeah, talking about how he should, how he's better than seventy percent of the players in this league, which I probably disagree with. Yeah, uh, and then you have ex players, uh, current players, saying that it's ridiculous that he's not on a team. Uh, so he, uh, yeah, he went on Stephen. He went on first take today, and um, I think the reason what prompted him to come on and kind of give his side of everything was how there were reports saying that he wants his farewell tour (laughs) (laughs) and he basically came out to say that he's never asked for a farewell tour but that he he wants to be on a team to compete for a championship he said that's the only thing left on his on his resume he's done everything else and that he would accept any role to be on a now I don't think he's going to accept being on a team and just sitting the bench, sitting on the bench the right. whole time. Like, I think he wants to play. Yeah. But I think 
In essence, he said that he wants to play for a contender and he would be willing to be a bench player. Which is a far cry from what his story or sort of what his tune was. Yeah, he he based he for the longest time kind of went on that Allen Iverson approach yeah. of like, I'm not. I, a, I'm, have you ever seen an MVP come off the bench? Yeah, have you yeah, ever yeah. seen a blah 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 come off the bench? Like yeah. that was kind of his attitude for the longest time. But now he's saying that he would be willing to be a bench player on a championship team. Yeah. Obviously, as as since we're Laker fans, I feel uh, I'm gonna guess that you're not gonna want Carmelo <laughs> on the Lakers. No way. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if he does get picked up, though. Yeah, I feel like he's between Carmelo and Jeremy Lin. I feel it's pretty obvious that I feel like Melo can help a team more than Jeremy Lin. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I think I think Melo's a good player still. I think he's yeah. I feel like he is what he is, right? He's like yeah. a. I was thinking about this on um, on my way over here. Yeah. Um. I did I did tweet out our question: Whose career would you rather have, Carmelo <laughs> right. oh, or Robert Ori? I saw that, and it was about like three to one of the responders said Robert Ori. Right. Which is probably surprise not surprising because like for the most part Laker fans are the ones that are following us. Yeah. But I was thinking about on on the way here, uh Carmelo is kind of like he's like a Lou Williams but a better version of Lou Williams, like in his in his peak. Mm. It, what I'm saying is like he's primarily just there to score. Well, the ball. I feel like I mean I mean that's I don't know, that's almost like a disservice to Carmelo. Like, well, I'm 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 a big fan. I like Lou Williams a lot. Yeah, though. I mean, yeah, but I I'm trying to give him a compliment here. Who, oh, Carmelo. Yeah. Well, but Carmelo to say Carmelo is a, a better version of Lou Williams, I feel like is like Carmelo is a Hall of Famer, without a doubt. Yeah. So Lou Williams, whereas Lou Williams is not, you know, so a better version of I Lou mean, Williams. <laughs> Three times six man of the year. Yeah, I he just yeah. came off with twenty points per game. Right, I, I, and this is me. I'm not even a Carmelo fan, but it's like saying like, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like saying like, uh, DiGiorno's pizza, or it's like saying. <laughs> It's like saying a gourmet pizza at a at a high end Italian restaurant, saying this pizza is a high end, better version of a DiGiorno's pizza, which I think like the, the Italian restaurant would be like. I, I don't mean, know if that's a compliment. I don't know it? if that's the best. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's the best. Um, it's like comparison here, or like let's say like there's like an IPA okay. beer. Yeah. And you're saying, wow, this is like a better version of Coors Light, which I think is kind of like all I'm saying. Okay, is. you brought up two things right now: pizza and beer. Which, <laughs> I mean, when you it's talk to me right now, some of mine right now. When you talk to me, it's like night. basically me personally. Like I'm, I, I'm not a pizza snob at all. Like I like yeah. all forms of pizza. Like right. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I can all, pretty much say that for beer too, with like a few exceptions. Right. You know? But, uh, but I kind of I guess I get what you're saying. Yeah, right? but I guess I mean, from the perspective of like let's say the beer maker or let's say the the owner of the restaurant, you know, I'm just saying that like I don't know we're on this topic a lot, but I'm just saying like Carmelo 
is honest in his peak he was an amazing player he was a top what top eight player in his peak right you can make an argument he was a top eight player in his peak um yeah he won the scoring title one season yeah, yeah. I, like you know what here we go i would say carmelo was like a poor man's george gervin okay which is i feel like giving him his due all right what i meant to say was that he's basically just there to be a one-on-one scorer yeah that's what he's always which i think been. he still has that ability yeah he could i feel like he could still do that especially yeah. coming off the bench i feel yeah. like he could really help a team yeah. out there yeah it's just uh from our perspective as laker fans we have one roster spot left right and it's Basically, if you're not a good defender, then I don't even want to talk to you. Agreed. I don't even want to like think about you as Agreed. an option. Agreed. Like that's the only it that's to even get you you, you can't even get through the door if you can't defend. Because that's what we need the most, yes. right? Because we're not scoring is is not a pro will not be a problem. Yeah. Un like unless you were like otherworldly as a spot up three point shooter, right. possibly. Yeah. You know, which I don't think that's Carmelo's strong suit. Yeah. Uh which is why, yeah, I you know, if other circumstances uh may have led us to want Carmelo as a Laker at this time, but since we have the roster that we have, it's like it's redundant. We don't really need him, yeah. you know. Um but I yeah, I feel like he can help a, another team. For sure. Without a doubt. And I think he's... I think for him, it's more of... It's the... It's a humble pie, you know? Yeah. And also, it's convincing these teams that he's like, yeah, I've been humbled, and I'm ready to accept whatever role. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think... I, I certainly, if I was an owner, or if I was like a GM, I don't think I'd be necessarily convinced that Carmelo is like this guy who's kind of like, hey, I'm just here to help win now, you know? Because, and I, and I don't blame Carmelo because he's lived his whole life being the best player on his team, you know? So it's hard to change that. The, the worst, the, the most like, I guess heartbreaking thing in sports, I think, is when a, super, when a superstar is no longer a superstar, and he's the last he's the last one to know it you know what i mean which and, usually always happens yeah always right? happens and carmelo is a guy who's it seems like it seems like right now he's starting to realize that but there's a difference between saying it and then believing it you know yeah and carmelo almost seems like he just kind of wants a job yeah you know? so uh do you i mean what are your opinions on like people being blackballed in the NBA. You think that's an actual thing or is yeah, is the NBA I mean, how much of the NBA is uh pure meritocracy and how much of it is pol- political and people being well, blackballed? Well, you can just I feel like you can just kind of expand that out in life. You know what I mean? Life is just in general it's never just it's never meritocracy meritocracy you know mm-hmm. when you want a job when you want to get a job that's never the case you know like yeah. i'll give you an example like when i first got hired onto 
my first job coming out of college was at a it was at like a really like prestigious financial firm. I interviewed and I was up against a guy who was a Harvard grad. I'm not a Harvard grad, but I was up against one. And I got hired over this guy. And later on, the boss told me, I hired you because the other dude was a total square, you know? Because you seemed like you'd be a better fit, you know? Yeah. And that that's pretty much, like, I learned a huge lesson that day. And I was like, that's just pretty much the world in a nutshell, though. You know, it's not necessarily always about your ability. It's not necessarily always about, like, what you bring to the table in terms of, like, talent or what you can do you know and it's like that in the nba i'm sure because yeah do these people do these players want to go to war with you do they do they want to go to work with you every day or do they want to like not deal with your you know your baggage you know yeah yeah. and i think because of that because you know everybody's human and the nba which is a multi-billion dollar industry or business it's it's the same thing you know well i was um you know one person that comes to mind when it when we talk about like being blackballed in the nba is uh mark jackson (laughs) oh right uh and i believe that too i i i I believe that mark jackson has been blackballed by the nba because you know it's it's well documented at this point that he is like a devout christian right and i believe that he had said some disparaging remarks about like you know the lgbt community and that has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in the league um especially like i think one of the owners of the warriors is like a either one of the or one of the warriors owners is gay or is like a lgbt like activist or something like that yeah and that had a lot to do with why he was fired yeah and i and i believe that too because like mark jackson is a guy i mean i don't like i don't find him to be a very good coach but all that aside though like i don't necessarily agree with his uh beliefs but i will say that i do think though he is definitely black blackball too yeah i think so too yeah um but is that blackballed or is that more of like as an organization you just don't want to you know you don't want to hit your wagon with a guy who who who's like that i mean i think that's more i think that's a stronger case of being blackballed than like your example of yeah that's just true because a dude is just lame that he didn't get hired like that's having well, social skills is part of like your well, value as well, a, a well, prospective I'm, employee that's true but also like let's say for example jeremy lynn you know yeah is he blackballed or is he not well that's what like we were... what's his situation like he why is he not why is he not why has he not gotten picked up and i think that's partly reason why i brought that example up because like i almost feel like jeremy lynn i don't know how and i'd be curious because i i don't know but like in the fraternity of like whatever you know you said earlier like how you're viewed amongst your peers or how you know you fit in like that all comes into play so i'm curious to know like what's is that an example of jeremy lynn being like that you know in that situation i'm i'm I'm, uh very confused with his situation i don't really know the answers yeah you know yeah it is it is curious that he's not 
him right. and Melo, that they're both not right. on a, on an NBA team. Right. But that is true, though. When you say blackball, though, that's a definitely different. I would say that's a different situation from like even when I was sharing in terms of like. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are rumors too that like I mean I don't. I shouldn't even bring this up because who knows? But there are rumors that like LeBron has blackballed certain players from um, coming back into the NBA too. That's crazy. Yeah, but who knows you about that? You think LeBron is that powerful that he's blackballed certain players from like other teams? I don't know. I I really wow, don't know. Yeah. that's. I mean, him and his group, they're they're very influential in, in the league right now, right? Yeah, you can't deny that. Well, I mean, it's since I I still think it's absolutely insane that this guy is best friends with an agent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of cool. <laughs> that that is in, that is it's insane. a new wrinkle in, in it's a new wrinkle in sports that we've never seen before. That is so insane, it's, man. It's interesting, you know. Yeah, and it's it's coming to our advantage, so I'm not complaining at all. Well, I don't know. I mean, how much of it has come to our advantage? We all I know is that we got we're stuck with KCP because of it. But hey, yeah. but LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah, but is Anthony Davis the reason why? Like, the whole clutch sports type of thing, you know? Yeah. Is that why we got Anthony Davis? I feel like we got Anthony Davis just because he's a LeBron James fan. He's a LeBron James stan, you know what I mean? I mean, But he is part of that group now, though, right? Yeah, I guess so, So yeah. it's, you know, I'm not... I mean, I'm not complaining, I'm not sure. going to complain yeah, at all neither. about I'm that. not complaining, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, there are a couple other things I wanted to talk about. Let's see, what should I talk about? Okay, so first, let's go with um, Ryan West. He left the Lakers. Yeah, really bummed out about that. Uh, Super. The word out on about the street that. is that um, the the younger bus kids, Joey and Jesse, they're they're trying to carve out a bigger role for themselves in the Laker organization. Uh-huh. So that's kind of uh, indirectly squeezed Ryan West out. Oh, that's damn, dude. So he's gone. Um, I don't know how much of an impact that's going to leave on the team going forward. They have said that he was directly responsible for drafting guys like D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson. So he was he's he had he's, had his, he's had a couple of hits with yeah. the, in the draft, you know. Um yeah. so we we lost him in in the front office. Big blow. Uh, I don't. You think it's a big blow? Yeah, I don't know how big, big of a blow, blow it is to be honest. I think it's with you. a big blow for sure. Yeah. LeBron's a GM, so whatever. Um, so he's gone. We still have the GM. Yeah, we still have the GM. Uh, I wanted to bring up uh, Jason Whitlock. Oh and yeah. His, uh, I hate that guy. His comments about LeBron. Yeah. He basically. Um, you know, right now, like these these guys, these talking heads, right now on these TV shows. I mean, they're they're bored, struggling to find they're, material right they're now. Bored right now, so they need to. They they're just you know. I think we made a joke last time about how they're gonna start criticizing um, the fact that uh, AD only has one brow instead of two. <laughs> we're getting to that. We're getting closer we're to that territory to that, right yeah. now. And uh, Jason Whitlock, he. Um, 
basically uh, bashed LeBron for uh, being excited at his kid's AAU game. It's so ridiculous, man. So ridiculous. And uh, told him to sit his ass down or something like that. Um, It's so crazy. Yeah, this guy's a total clown, basically. I think Kuzma also uh, like subtweeted Jason Whitlock and and Jason Whitlock. Um, well, I look. I I don't want to speak on behalf of like black people out there, yeah. you know. Uh, but just based on what I see on social media, it has been said that um, a lot of like African American people consider you know they don't look very favorably on Jason Whitlock. Let's say right, and uh, Kuzma basically uh tweeted out something along the lines of like what like you're you're saying this about your own people right right totally smh basically you know yeah and uh whitlock took the bait and said you know like um i don't know in in other in in like more or less called kuzma like lebron's lackey or something like that you know oh my gosh um yeah, what a what a douchebag clown highest, thing to, to the like, highest degree man. to talk about. I mean, I don't. I think it's cool that LeBron's doing that. Oh. I think it would have played much worse if he was like the dad that's just like sitting there stone faced and like I, not saying anything to anybody yeah, in the gym. It's so it's just so crazy that it's even a story. Like we even we're even talking about it, but yeah, like. And, and, you know, and I don't know how true it is, but I do know that there is a stereotype of how, like, with African, like, you know, again, we, we don't want to talk about, like, speak on, like, African-American issues because we're not. But I do know that there's a stereotype about, like, how, you know, some African-American men, like, you know, the whole uh, absent father like, yeah. stereotype. I know that's that's out there. And so, like, for LeBron to be so uh, visually, like, you know, gung-ho about his kids. And I'm not even just talking racially, but just in general, when a father is gung-ho about, you know, his kids and at their sporting events and, like, just being involved is such a... It's such a positive thing, you know? Like, how do you even view that through a negative lens? Like, I, I don't even... He's spinning it to say, like... That's crazy. LeBron is trying to take attention away from... uh the kids playing their game that's crazy man and trying to steal the spotlight uh, that's just like at an aau game okay that's so crazy man it's it's and it's so toxic and i feel like this is the reason why like i just really hate social media and i know that we're in it and we you know we tweet out stuff and like well, well it's not so much social media it's it's sports media like sure these people on tv it's like right that's there's true. a there's a very uh there's like an uh there's animosity these days between athletes and the media yeah more so than ever before it's, it's true and it's i because shit like this yeah like and, and espn will take like a specific sound bite you know and like cut it up to a point where it sounds like an athlete is saying something when they clearly didn't you know yeah. and then they'll put that headline in the you know in the article and like put it front page you know yeah. like lebron could say you know oh like i would hate i would just i would not like the idea of 
me getting traded and the headlines like me lebron getting traded me getting traded like that would they would put the quote in there and they would headline that and say that that lebron wants to get traded you yeah. know what i mean it's like shit like that like that that that's exactly the kind of stuff that espn loves to do so it's 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 crazy yeah, yeah, but I it's mean, a it's I, a it's the day that day and age we're living in right now. You know, I didn't have a problem with what LeBron did at all. I thought it was actually great. I feel like he's yeah. like the, he's giving it's, it's his very exemplary. He's giving his son everything that he didn't have growing up. Yeah, and um, if if you can criticize LeBron on a number of things, but this shouldn't be one of them at all. Yeah, you know, and I I always feel weird about like touching that subject. Of like athletes and their families, right. it's like it's hard to go there, you know. Like yeah. it should be, you can criticize. I feel like the criticism on LeBron, like back in the day when he was like passing up game-winning shots, like that was fair, you know. Yeah, when he couldn't get over the hump as a as a quote unquote like clutch player. Like at a time that was a it's, fair thing to criticize right. him. You're on. basically saying it's like the whole mafia back in the day, like whole like. You know, men are fair game, but don't, 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 don't involve the family. Kind of like, yeah, they're, they're wise. There's a code. <laughs> There's a code of ethics here. That's kind of what you're saying, right? You yeah. have to, you're breaking code right now, Jason yeah. Whitlock, basically. Yeah. Uh, but whatever, I mean, he's, whatever he needs to do to get clicks, I guess that's kind of what right. people are going for these days. Right. All right. Um, Oh, another thing that uh, I wanted to bring up was David Griffin. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I did want to talk about I, that. Uh, I did want to talk about that. I didn't read that Sports Illustrated article. Um, I think you did, though, right? Uh, I skimmed it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I paraphrased the main thing that I wanted to bring up from that article what david griffin said um he basically said that lebron doesn't care so much about winning anymore after he won that uh title in 2016 yeah. and that his uh priorities are now uh teaming up with his son eventually in the nba and owning a franchise those are like what he wants to do the most more so than winning a championship and he basically questioned his uh, motivations at this point. And his drive. Um, what did you think about David Griffin's <laughs> quotes? Well, it's a bit out of left field, right? Yeah, it was shocking to me because I always thought that I always thought that Griffin and LeBron were both fans of each other, right? Yeah, I always thought that, um, and I thought their mutual enemy was basically Dan Gilbert. So, and it's clearly, I feel like it's clearly a shot at LeBron. Wait, Griffin had beef with Dan Gilbert too? Well, not beef, but it's like, if you're going to blame anybody, it's like, you should blame the, the owner. You know what I mean? Because uh -huh. Gilbert just, he didn't, he didn't have the, the greatest reputation, you know? Yeah. Especially during LeBron's uh, era. Um, but, you know, like, I just feel like it's just so peculiar that David Griffin would go there because... He's a guy who I view as a very smart guy who's been around in the league for a while. So him saying certain things, this is not, this is not a situation where things are getting mis misconstrued. Him saying these things, he meant what he meant. And like he knew that 
there's no way that he did not expect this to kind of gain a lot of traction, right? Well, he tried to um, backpedal today on the jump. Which is crazy. It's like, there's, I, there's no way that David Griffin knew this was not going to get legs. I just find that... Yeah, he's too, he's he's too, too smart, smart not he to just, think about I, it, you know? I mean, this guy just brokered, like, some ridiculously amazing, like, deals, you know? And, and when trading away Anthony Davis, Yeah, you know? and, uh, you know, by all accounts, he drafted really, really oh, well, yeah. too. Yeah, he's a super intelligent guy, so it, I just don't buy it. So, like, for me, I'm just... I'm, like, super shocked as to why he did that. Um, but... At the same time, like, I understand why there's truth to it, I think. Like, I... I... Okay, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you was... Um, yeah. One, do you... One, let's... Yeah. Do you think LeBron's fire to win a ring has dissipated no, I don't at think all so. since no, I don't 2016? Think so. I don't think so. I don't think that's true. What I will say is... I'll say this, though. No matter what LeBron does moving forward let's say he let's say the lakers do win this year let's say they win a couple of more rings right yeah he's gonna look back at his career and that 2016 championship is still gonna be like that number one accomplishment nothing will top it nothing will top it ever yeah yeah so in a in a sense like i gotta feel like lebron kind of knows that already like that was like the legacy maker for him well, it's it's that's the crowning achievement, right. on his career. It's just it's I understand what Dave Griffin's trying to say. It's kind of like when Pau Gasol, uh, you know, during that one season when the Lakers exacted revenge on the Celtics. Yeah, Pau Gasol, like in that playoff run, and especially in that Game Seven, like you just saw him put everything on the line. Like I just physically saw a person put yeah. his whole being he put it everything on the line to win that game to bring a championship to LA and I'll he, never forget yeah. I'll never forget that because and I'll never not love Pavasol because of that he was Ethan Hawke in uh, Gattaca <laughs> just he didn't, he didn't save anything for a swim back no exactly yeah. and so after that he was clearly not the same guy after that season. Well, I mean, to be I, fair, there were a couple of other things that happened afterwards. Like, that's true. With that's Shannon true. Brown and all right, that. Right, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and we won't go into that. But that's true. But for me, like, visually... Yeah, no, yeah. Visually, was... I just never saw the same player. So I can understand, like... You can only put you can only push the pedal to, to the red right, so many times. Right, Yeah. Especially, it's just like... I'm Because I'm not talking about just, like... Wear and, wear and tear. I'm talking about something that's like so mentally takes, taxing. Taxing, yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. and and that game seven against the Warriors for LeBron, I could see that having the same impact right. as it as a game seven happened to Pau Gasol. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. so I see I see what David Griffin's saying, but I still don't believe that because I think LeBron is a different animal and I'll I'll always stand by LeBron in the sense that I think he's an all timer. In terms of not just talent and ability, but he's an all-timer mentally. I th- I think he he's a guy who's got these lofty goals, and I believe it. He wants to be an owner someday. I believe it that he wants to stick around and play with his son, and I believe all those things. But he absolutely has those goals also to continue winning championships, to continue to just you know. I believe that he wants to be the all-time scoring leader. I believe all those things, and so 
I just feel like it's just kind of it's I don't believe it. I don't I don't buy it at all that LeBron has like no longer you know has the same fire. You know what I mean? But I understand but I understand what Dave Griffin is saying. My whole thing is why is he saying that? Like why even say that? It's just peculiar yeah. to me. I don't you know? know when I don't know when he got interviewed. It could have been months ago. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but it is very odd timing. Yeah. To say the least. I will say though, I I do agree with him though when he said that, you know, the whole thing about how LeBron James it's it's tough being the the GM of a team that has LeBron, you know? Oh, so I didn't read that part. What did he say? Like, yeah, he just basically said that like you know, when you're you know, in an organization, you're like a GM of a team that has LeBron. All the blame goes to everybody else except for LeBron. Oh, he said that. Yeah, he said that. Which, again, is like, why are you even saying this right now? You know? And my whole point, because I kind of went back and I was like looking at when David Griffin um, was unemployed and when the Lakers, like, front office position was open because for me i was thinking what's weird to me is up until this article dave griffin was always effusive in his praise of lebron always you know when he was when he was a without a job that's what i'm saying and so for me i'm like i wanted to kind of look at the timeline and be like which which is to me now is kind of like that's that's still a little kind of leaves a poor tape you know bad taste in your mouth you know Uh that he would withhold things and not say things because he wants a job you know what i mean it's like either don't say anything or whatever you know yeah be who you are yeah so i kind of felt like now that he's like he's got this really great position in new orleans he's like i'm gonna say whatever's on my mind Mm -hmm. you know because Because you know there's no way he would say something like this if he was the GM of the Lakers. Of course not. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, I'm just kind of like, what are you doing, man? You know? So it's, it's, it's just, yeah. Adding more fire to this uh, burgeoning Pelicans, Lakers, <laughs> you know, a little, little animosity. It's not even a rivalry. I even, hey, I said it myself. They're like on my shit list of NBA teams That's right funny, now. Yeah. So it's adding to that. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, I, yeah, I feel like on one hand, yes, that 2016 title that LeBron got for Cleveland is going to be his crowning achievement no matter oh, what. Yeah. But I have to think that he is smart enough to know that he cannot, he cannot go through his the Lakers part of his career without winning a ring. That would be a that would be a, a considerable stain on his resume, I would say. Wow. I yeah. You right? He, I mean, the word wouldn't be considered is... he couldn't be considered an all-time Laker. Yeah, well, that's true. If he can't win a, a chip. That's true. He wouldn't even get his number retired if he doesn't win a ring. No, yeah, he would. Lakers and you know <laughs> you know he wants to be up there with with Kobe yeah, and sure. Magic yeah. and Kareem. Yeah, like that's does. what he came here for, you know? Which, which is so funny. It's it, it, 
I got you gotta you gotta say like LeBron's got balls. Right. It, he didn't have to do this. Dude's got balls to be doing that. He you know? he, he and I give him a lot of credit for this that he yeah. he upped the ante on his yeah. legacy. By he doubled down. To, yeah, by coming to the Lakers. Yeah. But hey, LeBron and AD best duo in the league. Without a doubt, man. So no it, question. It could happen. Yeah. Okay. The last thing I wanted to bring up today was that. Some of the uh, notable NBA games on next year's schedule. Yeah, 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 I saw that. So uh, I think the Christmas slate was uh, leaked by our favorite uh, guy, Woj. (laughs) And uh, I'll give you a rundown of the Christmas games. Okay. Pelicans at Nuggets. Okay. It's a continuation of the uh, Lonzo Ball, Jamal Murray rivalry that that's a total matinee though that's a total just as as lakers as lakers fans though that's that's a good game to get our get our beak wet yeah for for the rest of the slate it's a nice little appetizer right i don't i don't actually know the schedule um i feel like um celtics at raptors is going to be the first game just because they're on the east coast okay it's Uh, okay okay game bucks at sixers that should be a great game. That's basically the now we're um, getting marquee Eastern Conference matchup. Now we're right cooking. There. Now we're cooking. Uh, you have also uh, Rockets at Golden State. Okay. Yeah, that's should be nice. Should be yeah. That should Raw be raw star power there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, that should uh, be ter- entertaining. I mean, I, Clay might be back by then, right? No, I don't think so. Oh, actually, yeah, he would. I think he's coming back in like February or something yeah. like that. Okay. Um, but you have uh, Harden and Russ v. Steph, D'Angelo, Draymond. Yeah. Not lacking in fire. You know, the, the Warriors actually have a good squad. Uh, I forgot that they signed Willie Cauley-Stein, too. I wish we got Willie Cauley-Stein. Dec- decent uh, piece right Younger, there. Younger, better version of JaVale McGee. Yeah. So their their starting lineup is... when When it comes to playoff time, it's going to be... Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, Clay Thompson, Draymond, and Willie Cauley Stein. That's a good lineup. Yeah. Also, I don't know why. Why did the? It's such a head scratcher. But why did the Kings let him go? I don't get it. I think he was fighting with the uh, other oh, coach, the organization. Oh, something like that. Okay. It was. It was not. It was not a friendly. Mm-hmm. Exit. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense now. Um. Yeah, that's a strong lineup. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like they. I mean, undersized. I like. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule them out though. Like, yeah. But I will say this in terms of matchup. Woo! The Lakers matchup so good with that. With the Warriors. Yeah. You mean in so terms of good. like the the front court advantage? Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm excited to see the Lakers pound. The Warriors here on out. Okay, um, I, 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 I don't want to talk about D'Angelo Russell, but I'm going to right now. <laughs> I know that guy is. He's he lives he lives in your head rent free, dog. <laughs> that dude lives rent free in your head, man. I mean, it's fine. I I I welcome this conversation. Uh, so you said. Uh, a couple of podcasts ago, okay, like many 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 podcasts okay. ago, 
you said that many moons ago. You're you were confident that D'Angelo Russell was gonna be a superstar. Yeah. Do you still feel that way? Uh, so what's your definition of superstar? Because now, like in in that, like if he was in, uh, if he was still on the Nets and he had that same situation, yeah, I, yeah, I, I felt very confident. But okay. now on the Warriors, I don't know. It's by superstar, I mean, like and all perennial, NBA, perennial, perennial. It's gonna be a little difficult now. Perennial you know? All Star and I. Well, my definition of superstar is like perennial All Star and at least like a regular appearance in the All-NBA team, like first or second team? I don't know. I think that's going to be a little difficult, especially with his the fact that he's on the Warriors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for example, do you view Damian Lillard as a superstar? I do. So I think At this that, point, I do, yeah. Yeah, so I think D'Angelo Russell can absolutely do what Damian Lillard does. However, he's not on a team where he's the absolute, where he's going to eat the most. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. He's going to eat second or third, you know? Never he's definitely not going to eat first, you know? Whereas if he was on if he was in Damian Lillard's situation, which was what it was in Brooklyn, dude would have been just the ball would have been in his hands like 60-70% of the time. And you and you think he would have averaged like 27 a game? I think it would I totally could see that. I'm not really? saying it would have happened next year. I'm not saying it would happen next year, but yeah. Yeah. See. So if you were to put, <laughs> so if you were to put Damian Lillard on on the Warriors, what would you think his averages would be? Uh, I would say like low twenties. Huh? Low low twenties. Okay, so I think that D'Angelo could do low twenties on the Warriors. It'll be interesting to see. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm saying Damian Lillard would be low twenties with a even with a healthy Clay in there too. I would even argue, I would even argue that uh, if Damian Lillard was on the Warriors, he would average more points than Clay. But I don't know that I would say that about D'Angelo Russell, though. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely sort of a more of a mis- sort of an X factor, mysterious. You know, we don't know yet, but I, I'm a believer, man. I think <laughs> without this Clay- is the one thing that I feel like you. This is like the biggest disagreement. I between know. you and I is on yeah. D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, but I felt more vindicated this past year because he brought it. He would twenty and seven was, yeah, I think that's what it was. Averages were. It was nice for sure. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I mean, discredit it was it. really good. I don't know what other. How many other point guards averaged twenty and seven last year? That I mean, that is a short ass list, and this guy's twenty one, twenty two. He's yeah, it's twenty three. I think now. Yeah, twenty four. <laughs> Wait, is he twenty four? No way, he's not twenty four, dude. He's I guess I feel like he's twenty twenty three. Okay. I mean, there he has issues though. He has he has a I mean, couple of red def- flags. I mean, he's a defensive liability, which everybody is. He's I mean, a Damian defensive Lillard liability. I would say that Damian Lillard is a defensive liability, right? I'm not sure. Is he? I don't know. I don't think he. Yeah, I don't think he's. Yeah. He is limited athletically, right? He's so oversized as a point guard, though. I, I think the biggest, but I think the biggest red flag with D'Angelo Russell is that he doesn't uh, get to the free throw line. Yeah, yeah, that is his. That is his big like, bugaboo. He's like historically bad in terms yeah. of like high volume shooters. Yeah. getting to the line. Yeah. But which, I will show, say that, which is a kind of a would be a big concern, right? But I will say this. 
he's in the most perfect situation playing in an organization with a guy like Steph Curry, where he can learn everything. I mean, he's in a such a good situation like that. That I mean that it almost sounds a little contradictory because you said that now that he's on the Warriors, it's like his he's not going to be like well I'm saying well I'm saying statistically he's going to take a hit because he doesn't get to just kind of just volume his way to these stats. Uh But when he's in a situation with the Warriors, yeah, he may not fill it up, but he's going to learn things. He's going to be in a situation where maybe he won't average as much, but his percentages may go up. And then in a year or two, we're going to see him pretty much continue on that trajectory of superstardom that I predicted. Yeah, I mean, his percentages do need to go up, I feel like. Yeah, his percentages are... He's definitely a volume player. Yeah, I mean, I... Look, I'm not like a full-on D'Angelo hater. But you're pretty okay? damn close. Like, a I'm not. I wouldn't go as far as to say that it's impossible that he'll be a superstar. I yeah. definitely see a possibility. Yeah. I'm just not like as certain about it as you are. Yeah. I. So for me, I'm. I with the caveat that he needs to be healthy, right? Because I. Yeah. Think, you don't I even think, have to bring that up because that applies to everybody. Well, because I think that. I think there is a bit of a injury risk with a guy like D'Angelo. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he's okay. I don't know. Like he's he's got kind of some injury risk attached to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the caveat that if he were if he's healthy, yeah, I think it's pretty certain that he's going to be a superstar. It's I don't know if it's gonna I don't think it's gonna happen next year, obviously, but it's an eventual eventuality. No, By I mean, age this... 24, 25. Oh, well, he's twenty two right now. 23? Uh, I, I think he's 23. Okay, yeah. by age 25, he's going to be a superstar. Book it right now. Okay, okay. We'll keep a mental note <laughs> of that. But this upcoming season is going to be very telling, though, because he's going to play most of it without Clay. Right. So he will get his opportunities to score the ball. Yeah, and also, I think there's a chance that he might get traded, too. So Yeah, there's yeah. always that possibility. Yeah. But yeah, I it, it's going to be... Even if he doesn't fill up the stat sheet, it's going to be a very telling season. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, there are a couple of other, I think, notable um, games on the schedule that came out. Um, Anthony Dave, uh, the Lakers go back to New Orleans on November 27th. So that'll be AD's first time back in New Orleans. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, there's like, Kawhi goes back to Toronto in December. Uh, Kyrie at Boston is the same day that's, as AD. Is the same day as AD. At that's New gonna be fun. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, Westbrook goes back to OKC on in January. I don't think they. Re- I don't think they released a full schedule yet. But okay. uh, those are just a couple of games that um, that got released. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So man, we're not too far. Um, I mean, I am just from the start of the season. I'm amped, man. I'm fired up. I'm I'm super excited for this season. Yeah. Uh, do you? What do you think the Lakers are going to do with that last roster spot? I mean, I've got my hopes set on Iggy eventually. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, it's Iggy or bust. You know. Yeah. But like you said earlier in the pod, like 
it, it's just he's got to play defense, you know. Yeah, whoever whoever can defend, I mean, that's why that's why uh, Iggy would have been a perfect perfect acquisition because not only that we would have kept him from going to like the Clippers or something, you know. Yeah, well, the Clippers they uh they picked up Patrick Patterson. Okay. Recently, seems like a decent pickup. So I don't know. Well, no, I, I mean, I think most people think he's washed at yeah. this point, but uh, I feel like that fills up their roster now, right? Okay. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, yeah. but uh, yeah, Iggy, Iggy would check all the boxes, like I defender, mean, Iggy, clutch shooter, playoff experience. Iggy might end up being a starter on this team. It's possible. Uh, AD has made it very clear that he wants to be the starting four. Which would push LeBron to the three. Okay. Danny Green's set as starting his two guard, right? But, okay, that's true. How about, like, crunch time? I could see... No, yeah, I could see him playing crunch time if he's on Iggy, Danny Green, LeBron... um, AD. AD and... Avery Bradley. Yeah, or it could even be DeMarcus. Bookie, yeah. 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 So... But I'm not really... uh, Getting my hopes up for that one. No, I think them. I mean, and I think the Grizz, the Grizzlies are playing it pretty smartly. Yeah. All right. Um, is there anything else you wanted to? Uh, anything on your mind? No, I think uh, we actually covered some good topics considering it's been a sort of a slow. It's been a bit of a lull. Yeah. Everything's been a a a lull ever since the Kawhi Leonard. You know bomb yeah the saga the saga that uh yeah that start kicked off this uh summer season but uh yeah i mean things are settling down here and now we're just getting ready for the uh season that's coming up so yeah um yeah i guess we'll end it here um so with that said um thank you guys all for listening if you guys want to follow us on twitter we're at a one points podcast uh, you can hit us an email at a1pointspodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, we'll just talk to you guys next time in our next podcast episode, which um, I think we'll meet up again some yeah, point in about a week, week. In about a week from now. Yeah. But, you know, now is Friday night. We can get ready to go to the club. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. With that said, uh, we'll uh, see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning into 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.